I did something a little different than I usually do. I gave you a lot less notes, a lot more room to walk on. Uh, I could have filled it up, but I said, you know what? It's snowing, it's doing all this. I'm just going to make it really short this week. Maybe I'll do that some. Some of you like to take your own notes anyway, so you got plenty of room. You can write your grocery list, you can draw pictures. I'm just kidding. Really, don't do that, okay? You're like, well, I was thinking about my favorite Super Bowl food. Just hold on with me. You can do that in a little bit, okay? And y'all, this is the fifth week in the Kingdom series. Next weekend, I'm going to wind it up, and then we'll launch into the book of Colossians. So if you want to kind of know where I'm going, we're going to study the book there uh, at Colossae. But this morning, we're talking about the unshakable kingdom. This week, on Thursday night, there's an event that's going to happen in our world. Anybody know what it's called? Thank you. And a woman said that. Did y'all hear that? If it had been football, everybody had just been quiet. But okay, there, there's an event today, I think it's called the Super Bowl. But anyway, Thursday night is an international, world, global event, Sochi, Russia, the Olympic starts. And man, there will be millions upon millions of people that will tune in to watch different aspects of that. And yet, I think about other events that we've watched. There was an event, I, I remember there was a family right over here and their daughter, or, their daughter was there. It was in 2004, there was an event that struck our world. Uh, it was in South Asia, a tsunami hit. Does anybody remember that when the tsunami of 2004 hit? 250,000 people lost their lives. Millions and millions of people were left homeless. It was a catastrophic event to our world. I, I remember it so well, grieving homeless. That disaster literally changed the landscape, if you will, of Asia. It was, a, it was a tough thing. Some scientists even said it caused the, the, um, that it caused our planet to actually wobble on the axis. I mean, it was just so powerful. I mean, when we watched video footage and we saw it, I still go back to that. I just remember how, how tough it was. And there was a physical shaking. And then I think about nine months later in October, there was another devastating event there was a, a, a quake in pakistan i think there was like eighty thousand people in that were killed and millions of people again were left homeless you get a little more current day where jeff bush's dad and mom serve a lot in haiti haiti got ripped does everybody remember when haiti got just destroyed global evangelistic holistic ministry efforts all across the globe have poured into haiti and there's great works there because people were left abandoned and shelterless and so much is being done there. Just a huge um, event. And there'll be other events. Just this past week, not catastrophic in that event, but some people lost their lives in our state. Atlanta and Birmingham. How many of you are glad you didn't live in Atlanta and Birmingham this past week? I mean, my nephew, he was there. He owns this IT company, and he got stuck at work. 4,000 kids got stuck at school in Atlanta. Lots, thousands and thousands of kids left. A car's got abandoned. My nephew was texting me today, Uncle Keith, he's a strong believer. Pray for me, pray for me. I've driven one mile in the last two hours. I've got eight more to go to go get my kid. He finally got to his kid. He got his kid, and on the way home, he said, forget it. He abandoned the truck, and he walked for miles to get home. Did you see that great athlete, Chipper Jones, what happened to him? One of his... Uh, teammates had, had shout out, man, I'm stuck. I'm so Chipper gets on his four-wheeler and goes and rescues him. That's a pretty cool deal. Anyway, Donna was telling me about somebody we grew up with. 
Her uh, daughter is a nurse in Birmingham, and her mom said, would somebody please go by and get my daughter in Birmingham on a four-wheeler and take her to the hospital so she can relieve nurses that have been there for long, endless shifts. Isn't, isn't it cool? Some of the best things have happened this past week because of disaster and, and just challenging weather. It sounds kind of funny, though, when I walked out this morning, and yesterday I saw people in shorts and T-shirts It'll be 72, it'll be balmy 74 on Tuesday. And I said, this is the reason to live in Montgomery, Alabama. Do you know what I'm talking about? And the people that are watching this right now online, you hate me in Jesus' name. I know. I mean, it's wonderful. You ought to come here in the summer when we stick to one another. It's blessed. Okay. But pretty close. I was reading the Gospels one day, and I read them a lot, but I remember when I read it many years ago, and continued Luke 21, Matthew 24, 8, Jesus said, expect natural disasters in the end times. They will increase. It is a recalling of the earth against sin. There's, there's a rebellion. There's all this crazy. Jesus said the earth is going to shake. The heavens are going to shake. These, this present age, all kinds of things are going to happen. But I, I want you to just write in your note today, there's a spiritual shaking going on too. I, I'm concerned about natural, earthly disasters and shakings, but I really want to talk to you about spiritual shaking that might be going on. Because disasters will increase. Jesus had already prophesied, he'd already spoken that it would. And he also promised that the ruling powers of the dominion of darkness would be shaken. They would lose their power. They would lose their influence and rule. And in Matthew it says the powers of the heavens will be shaken. In other words, every demonic stronghold that hinders the coming forth of the kingdom of God on earth is ultimately going to be confronted by the power and the authority of heaven. Yeah, somebody said hallelujah. Man, I agree. I mean, that is like awesome. Jesus said, I came to preach and live and to deliver and to illustrate and to demonstrate that the kingdom of God is near and it's coming. It's an unshakable kingdom that we'll talk about this morning. Matter of fact, I want you to turn your Bibles over to Hebrews chapter 12. Right past 11 is the roll call of faith. Everybody knows that and the meaning of faith. But in Hebrews chapter 12, starting at verse 25, I want you to, I want you to stand with me with your Bibles. And I'm going I'm to read this today out of the NIV. I, I, I've memorized exclusively out of the NIV. I preached out of the NIV for decade after decade. The last few years, I've been preaching out of the NLT, and I love that. But today, I, I just swap it back and forth. I just want to keep you guessing. Somebody says, man, what Bible are you using? I'm just using God's Word. How about that? How about if I came up here with Greek text and Hebrew text? We'd all be confused, right? Because I remember so little of school. Okay, but here, but I have great software. Praise God pray, in books. Okay, here we go. Ready? In verse 25. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on the earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warms us from heaven? At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful so that we can worship God and acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. That is God's word for his people today. Amen? Sit down. You're, you're good. Isn't, isn't that good? That's a, that's a great word, man. The unshakable kingdom of Christ. 
That's what I want to preach on this morning. That's what I want to try to share with you is the Bible says in one place, how should you and I escape if we should ignore such a great salvation as this? The writer there in Hebrews says, do not refuse, don't grow hard-hearted, don't grow obstinate, stubborn, but listen, there is a passage in 2 Timothy, the 4th chapter, the 10th verse, there's a guy, nobody ever names their kid this. I've been in the hospital for years, I I held Levi this week, head full of hair, not fair, not fair, not fair, but fairness ended in the garden, I keep reminding you of that. But, but, but as I looked there, but I, I said, what is his name? Is his name this? No, no, no. His name is Levi. Is, is his name this? Is it nobody names their person Demas? Nobody. You might stand up today and go, my mama called me Demas. Your mama was not having a good day. Let me tell you what Demas. Demas, the Bible says Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life. He's gone back to Thessalonica. He deserted the faith. He turned his heart on the gospel of Jesus and decided to do something else. I don't want to be a Demas. Do you want to be a Demas? Somebody like, no, I want to be a diva. No, you do not want to be a diva. You do not want to be a Demas, okay? So Demas is not a good example. There's another name nobody ever calls their kids. Esau. There's a spirit of Esau around us. The spirit of Esau means you live for the fleeting, for the temporary versus the eternal. You know the story of Esau? He traded in his birthright for what? A bowl of soup. No, he wasn't on a fast. Neither am I now, praise God. Okay, here's here's the deal. He traded his birthright, his heritage, this awesome blessing of God for soup. But you know what? The spirit of Esau is in the church, and it's all in the world. People are just cashing in. They want to cheap Jesus. They're trading him in for something temporary. And Jesus says, my kingdom is unshakable. If you look here in this passage in Hebrews, I encourage you to read the entire 12th chapter, but it's just so rich, so rich to us about how they come. They come to the mountain of God. They come to a place, to a mountain that can't be shaken. I started, I illustrated on purpose with things, things that have been shaken of this world. Our own city, I won't name companies, but companies in Montgomery and all across the state seemed untouchable, and they have been shaken, they've been reduced. There's a local establishment I heard the other night, and I have to admit, some of you like it, I wasn't a big fan of it, and you're sad, they operated for 20 years, flips, it it, it closed But let me tell you the justice in this. My favorite restaurant in all the world is coming there less than a mile from my house. Pastor's getting a part-time job. Shrimp basket is going to be right there in that place. Oh, glory. I can taste it right now. Come on. Oh, I'm trying to get y'all to go to heaven. I'm sorry. Not, Not trying to get you to go eat lunch with me. Okay. You know where to find me. That's right. And they have this thing, special times, all you can eat. Oh, glory, glory. I stay away from buffets, but when it's all the shrimp you can eat, get out of the way, mama. I'll knock you down. Here we go. All right. Oh, I got to get back to the text. I have this really deep message, and I'm talking to you about food. Man, I'm, oh, here, here, let's get back to it. The kingdom cannot be shaken. Stable, stability, authority. Two mountains to compare, the old mountain, the new mountain. Kind of strange imagery, if, if you will, but new relationship 
covenant relationship with God through the blood of Jesus. A great thing. The old, the old mountain, the Bible says, symbolizes Mount Sinai. We know what happened on Mount Sinai. Moses went up and Moses came down with the, the law, the Ten Commandments. Performance, we have to do these things, we have to keep these things. That's how we get to God. It, it was tough, it was impossible. Blazing fire, gloom, despair, fire, man, just, just tough. You get too close to God, you, you might burn up. I mean, you know, you're like, wow, you know, God's into his holiness all through Scripture. If anything I want you and me to be is to be holy. Without holiness, no one sees the Lord, says the Word of God. The church has forgotten holiness. i got to tell you, I come out of a Wesleyan tradition. We're about holiness. Amen? You're a Christ follower. Don't ask me, how much of the blood of Jesus do I have to have to be saved? How much can I sin to be saved? You're asking me the wrong question. I want to know, how holy are you? Are you becoming like Christ? But this God, it, the Old Testament almost seems like he's unapproachable. He gets mad that we're unworthy, we fall short. But there's, an, there's another mountain, and that's the Jesus mountain. In the Jesus mountain, there's bloodshed and there's grace. Just write in the notes today, there's grace. At the new mountain, there's grace. The law shows you and me, it reveals to us our sin, our need for a Savior. The law is needed. The law is good. I love law. I read law. I read Old Testament all the time. Oh, praise God. But I praise God, I praise God that you and I live in the dispensation of grace, that grace has come near in the person of Jesus. He covers our sin. Because of Jesus, I can shake off my shame and guilt, and I can approach nearly. This morning, you and I were ushered. We were invited into the Holy of Holies because of grace, because of this great truth. Romans 3.21, listen. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with Him without keeping the requirements of the law. It was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. Faith in Jesus. At Christmas, we sang a song around here. Oh, I love it. The gospel changes everything. That's what this new mountain's about. This kind of language that we're talking about now, grace, it transforms a life. It transforms a city. It transforms a church. It's a radical, different experience of joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. We, we draw near. There's acceptance. But you know what? As I've studied world religions, as I talk to people of cults and occults, as I talk to people that are atheistic, as I talk to people that are agnostic, as I talk to people that have no faith, as I talk to people that say they, say they have faith but it's performance-based, they've got religion. They're trying to earn their way to God. And I'm so glad that you and I don't have to earn our way to the Father. The Bible says in Timothy, and he tells us here, we need a mediator we have a lot of attorneys in our church. I don't know what that says to you about my personality. I've often wondered that. We always have attorneys here. I love that. We have lawyers, great, brilliant minds. More than that, they have the mind of Jesus. I love the lawyers at Christ Community. How about you, church? And they know about mediation. And the mediator is a person that goes between two opposing um, um, people here, parties. And the mediator's job is to bring back into congruence, bring back into a line that which has been opposed, that which has been separated, and come about a settlement without a jury, without a judge. Mediation. You and I needed a mediator. We were separated from God, deeply because of our sin and guilt and shame. And Jesus comes near and he sprinkles his blood in 1 Timothy 2, 5, and 6. Write it down, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. You need to have this. Somewhere in your notes today, write mediation. I need a mediator. I need Jesus. Listen to what Timothy says. 
There's only one God, one mediator, who can reconcile God and humanity. It's the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world just at the right time. Just at the right time, Christ came. Just at the right time, Christ shed his blood. Just at the right time, he draws us near. He mediates. Here in this passage that we read, if, if you look here in verse 24, if you'll just back up right before what I read to you this morning from Hebrews 12, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. What do we know about Abel? His blood cries out, doesn't it? What did Abel do? Huh? Murdered his brother. And the Bible says his blood cries out from the earth. And here's blood that you want to be covered by. Not by guilt. You want to be covered by the precious, perfect, atoning blood of Christ. We sing a song around here, Precious is the Blood. There's power in the blood. We've disobeyed. We've lusted. We've lied. Racism, pride, hate. Just fill your blank in with your sin. I don't know what it is. Jesus, I've come, and I want to, I want to cover that. You, your guilt doesn't have to cry out. Here's what I'd write down some words today. I want you to think about these this week. Write, write these words in that blank space you've got. These are powerful words to think about. Forgiven. Accepted. Adopted. Grafted. Redeemed. Born again. Those, those are the words of the new life, the new language. And so let's, let's get into this today. Three proofs for the kingdom I, I think will help us this morning. Number one, don't take for granted the privileges of the new life you have in Christ. Don't just go, oh yeah, I'm saved. Oh yeah, I'm filled with the Spirit. Oh yeah, I'm a believer. Yeah, I got Jesus. I did that. No, no, no. Don't take it for granted. It, it's, it's huge. It, it's big. It's, it, it, the Bible says, run the race with endurance. Be fueled by grace and walk, and sprint, and run the life of faith after Jesus Christ. Live in the goodness of God, in His forgiveness, in His mercy. The Lord is merciful. The Lord is compassionate. The Lord's mercies are new every morning. He has won for us this new covenant. Fix your eyes upon Jesus, who is our righteousness, who is our holiness, who is our sanctifier, who is our peace. Run to Jesus, church. PK, run to Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. You're saying, but pastor, I'm going to fix my eyes on this. Oh, everything else fails miserably. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Scott Brown got a text from Deb and had been talking to Scott. His mom passed away a couple of days ago, but thanks be to God, Scott, she's in heaven with Jesus. She's whole. She's home. She had a mediator. She had a new covenant. She had a relationship with Christ. That's the hope of followers of Christ. Verse 25 here in Hebrews 12, it says, Be careful, don't refuse to the listen or listen to the one who is speaking. You know, I just out there put, quickly go, don't neglect, don't reject, don't refuse Jesus. Receive him. The, the Bible in a minute is going to tell us receive this eternal, unshakable kingdom. Receive it. What does it mean to receive something? You take it, you own it. You, okay, any of you bought a new car this year? And any of you got a different car than you had a year? Well, maybe not in 2014, it just started. In the, in the last 12 months, has anybody here got a, a, a new vehicle? A newer one? Okay, Earl, you're the only one? Really? Yeah, okay, some of you are, all right, all right. All right, what did you do? Did you go there and you signed your life away and you got ready to buy that car and you went, hey, nice, good to do business with you, we'll see you, and you just went home in your old car? 
you're like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, I went over there, I got the keys, I got in, I cranked it up, I drove off. I've been driving it ever since. And every month they send me a, a payment, and I have to make a payment on it, or they said they'll come get it. But you received it. It was a gift. You know what? Receive this Christ. Receive this kingdom. Draw, draw near to him. Don't refuse to take a hold of grace. Hold on to your faith. Earlier places, I'm not going to get all into this, but he keeps talking about hold on, be pure. He's writing to the Hebrew believers and the people of Judaism. Keep the sexual bed pure. Hold on to faith. Don't trade in Jesus. Cling to Christ. Don't hold to the law, but hold on to Christ. Trust Christ. Listen to the one who's speaking. Don't be like the ones who disobeyed in the wilderness. God spoke in a booming voice, the word of God says. You know what the people did? They built a golden calf. Oh, man, that was not good. Now God has come near. We come to a new mountain called grace, called Jesus, and he says, come near. Receive this grace. Receive this offering. Receive this forgiveness. Take heart. Be sober-minded. Look at the second point here. I think it's critical. Don't live for what will be shaken and removed. Just think about these people around the world, and even in our own world, our own city, we have things, and if we're not careful, they possess us, and we live for those things, and we work for those things, and there's a rightful order, but not for it to govern and control and be the center. But those things get removed, they get shaken. In verse 26 and 27 of the text, when God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. Can y'all imagine the voice of God just coming down? It's an earl voice at about 22,000 decibels. That's cool. Or Ezra Jones, you know, don't, I, some of these voices, it's just not fair. I know, I'm hung up on some of that. Okay, but, uh, but their voices just, they have command. But can you imagine, imagine, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Can you imagine being there that day at baptism? <laughs> man, that was awesome. I wish that would happen for our baptism. I tell you, man, people would wet themselves and they would come and they would bring people, they'd bring the lame and everything else. But culture is obsessed with, uh, these events, these catastrophic events. Have you ever noticed movies? Just look at the movies out there. There's always these hooper, hooper, superheroes, and they rise up out of the oceans, and they're monsters, and they're zombies, and there's comets, and aliens, and robots, and we go to there because there's something in us that we think there's an end to this world, and there is. Scripture talks about this earth will come to an end as we know it. And some of you are like, praise the Lord Jesus. Some of you are like, no, I don't want him to shake my garden. I don't want him to shake my house. I don't want him to shake this. And others are going, come quickly, Jesus. Shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it now. All I'm saying is when you read the scripture, you're going to see the word shake. We draw near. There's something about even novels and books. They have this fear, this doom, this gloom, the end of the age. And they're really starting to mirror on something. They just don't take it all the way to the gospel of the kingdom. They, they don't go all the way to Christ. They just kind of end short these old enemies. They, but God's going uh, to destroy. I want you to write down a passage you probably have not read this year. Haggai. Haggai. Nobody names their kid Haggai either. Haggai 2.6. I think I know why. But anyway, listen to 2.6. For this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. In just a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth and the oceans and the dry land. 1 Corinthians 7, 31. Those who use the things of the world should not become attached to them, for this world as we know it will soon pass away. 
Remember when I preached about heaven? I talked about a new earth and a new heaven, and it's all going to shake, and it's going to be destroyed, it's going to be removed, and it's going to be made new, and there's a new reality. I look forward to that new reality. How about you? Our bodies are new. They're made over. Is anybody excited about getting a new body? Come on, give me a witness, church. All right, well, some of you just love their body you got. Well, that, that's awesome. I mean, I love my body, but I'd, I'd, I'd like to have one that doesn't hurt and doesn't groan. And I'd like to have knees. Y'all don't know this. I know you look at me today and go, there's no way. I used to be a serious runner. Don't laugh. But I was. I do the elliptical now because it's good on my joints. But I used to run. Don, I'll tell you, I used to run all the time. I loved to run. It was awesome. And I could eat anything I wanted to. So, man, they even fired me up to run more. Then I destroyed my knees and had knee surgery and, and had rehab. And I went to this doctor. He was, a he was a Boston Marathon runner. I went to one doctor and he says, you're getting old. I was only 37. He says, you're getting old, man. Pack it in. I said, new doctor. Check. Went to this guy. He says, I'll get you back running. Well, I never got back running, but I got back with full range of motion. Okay? The thing is, I'm looking forward to a new body. How about you, church? You're saying, well, I, I like a new body. How about a new home? How about a new earth? How about new relationships? How about the presence of Jesus forever? Amen. I want to give you something. Talking about this shaking and breaking. We're going to be watching Thursday Sochi. A lot of us. We'll watch the Olympics. The largest geographic empire fell a number of years ago. It was the USSR. They were extremely avowed in communism and an atheistic nature. They were a militant power. Uh, they had all these nations under their influence. And do you remember when the USSR fell? Without violent revolution, without an insurrection of war, but suddenly and dramatically it disintegrated. And do you remember December 25th, 1991? I remember it well. Miguel Gorbachev resigned from office. I think it's interesting. What day did I say? December 25th, on the birthday of the Lord, our Lord and Savior. He, he resigned as president of the Soviet Union, effectively ending the Soviet Communist party i'm telling you there was a whole bunch of shaking in heaven and on earth when that disintegrated and dissolved what would you say church that's how powerful god is it just changed the wall come down all that i mean it's just awesome when you think about the dissolution of that and then we we think about things of this world i believe that there'll be a day when the whole thing the whole movement of get pro-life and abortion all that i believe it'll all crumble it'll all crumble before king jesus and jesus will raise up in his fullness and his beauty and his power how many are excited about that today church there's a whole lot of shaking needs to go on the evil and all the atrocities and sin of our world but here's a good thing missiologists tell us in the last decade or so more people have come to jesus christ than all time there's a lot of shaking in the heavens and in the earth do you remember 9 11 when the twin towers collapsed the the symbol of strength in new york city you, you've watched it. I remember live watching it, and you have watched it over and over, and you see those great buildings, immovable rock structures, so they seem, fell to a cloud of smoke and destruction. Everything in this world is able to shake and crumble and fall. If you really want to go back, remember the atomic bombs of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And how it changed the world in that day. 
Awful are these events, but they change and they're not permanent. So here's what I want you to walk away today remembering. Everything in this world, your relationships with family as you know it, home, jobs, financial empires, kingdoms, whatever, they all will fall before King Jesus. They're all shakable. He's immovable. I like what the writer said one day, Jesus is the ancient of days. Don't you like that term? Jesus is the ancient of days. He is forever. He is eternal. So every, every technology, every great stadium, whatever, they're all going to fall. But all that will remain will be the kingdom of God and the Lord God Almighty. That will reign and rule supreme for all the ages. Lord, thank you for that. So this morning, I'm just trying to say, you and me have got to run toward the kingdom. Last weekend, I said, we need to become kingdom people. We need to be kingdom men and women and boys and girls and teenagers. And we run for the pursuit of the gospel. And when the moments of life are shaking, when the things shatter our lives, when these moments hit us, they're going to shake us. In this church, every time I get an email or a phone call and somebody says, I have cancer, Pastor, I realize it's a reminder not to put my hope in my physical body because it will be shaken before the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You're saying, but my home, it is strong. It's a great structure. <laughs> Whatever. Do you live in Montgomery? I wouldn't hold on to it. I don't care where you live. Don't put your strength and trust in that. The, how about the power of our country? How about the power of our nation? It'll never crumble and fall. Oh, hey, I love our military. We are blessed. Let me say it on this camera. We are so blessed with y'all all over the globe serving us today. I want to thank God for y'all. Amen? Come on. Here we go. But the reality is, everything can be shaken. Military forces can be shaken. Lives can be shaken. Health can be shaken. Cars can be shaken. Whatever, you know, put your hope in Christ. Look at the third point. Don't stop living for the unshakable kingdom. That's where I really want to go today. Don't stop living for the unshakable kingdom and the riches of Christ. In verse 28, we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. Let us be thankful and please God by worshiping Him with holy fear and awe. That's what the Word says. Worship Him with fear and awe. Receive this kingdom. You know, when I, when I was, look at verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. There it is. Receive. Circle the word receive. Receive this kingdom today. Friend, you can walk out of here and go, love the worship today, the music. It was awesome. Sermon, don't know. You shook me up. You disturbed me. I got to remind you, that is my job is to disturb the complacent and get us to live for Jesus, fully devoted followers of Christ. And I want you to be shaken. I want to be shaken up by the gospel. I don't want to be like, well, you know, I just kind of got it all figured out. You know, I'm just going to live this many years and have some flowers and be kind to people and not kick dogs and whatever. I mean, dude, that, that's pitiful. Okay. Let Christ reign. Express your love for him. Let him change. Live for the stuff of the kingdom, not for the stuff of this world, the, the money, the possessions, the fame, the accomplishments. It's like building your house on straw. What's that doing for you? That didn't last. It burns up in an instant. Live for the glory of God, not for the glory of man. Who, who are we now? Awakened, transformation starting, all shaken up, having Jesus, our hope. It must be there. We've got to offer our acceptable worship. That's what I've come to declare today. Keith, you and Christ's community need to offer acceptable worship to Jesus. And that's clean hands and a pure heart and a right attitude. But offer 
that worship to Christ. This fast has been drawing us, pushing us, stirring us, leading us, guiding us to center on Christ. And in Christ is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Man, this world's shaking. You're saying, well, I don't feel it. I can take you to some people right now. They'll tell you their lives have been shaken by moments. This year, there will be some lives in here that will be shaken by the moments of this world because we live in a fallen state, in a sinful world, but we can move from there. We can express devotion to Him. We can keep running with endurance and finish the faith. Finish the race. Keep the faith. Finish the race, friend. Finish. Endure to the end. Keep the faith. Don't be a Demas. Demas just, man... Demas is weak. Demas deserted. Demas turned around. He went back to Thessalonica. He go, man, I'm going back to Egypt. There's nothing good in Egypt. I'm going back home. There's nothing good there. There's only good in Christ. Lord, I run to you. Sprinkle your blood. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Accept me. I offer my life to you as a consuming fire. Lord, we will not be shaken. Those that put their faith in Jesus Christ have no reason to be worried about the end of the times or when you die. You will be immovable, steadfast. You won't be shaken. You will be eternal in the heavens with the Father and with Jesus, His Son. Lord, that's the hope that I pray we all have today that we trust. Fire in the Scripture is a metaphor for judgment. And there's a judgment coming. I'm not going to, you know, it's beyond our human control. But nothing's beyond the control and the grasp of Jesus. He's going to shake everything out. And then his unshakable kingdom is going to rise up completely. Glory to God. Praise be to him. Let's pray. Lord, I am grateful this morning for your eternal word that reminds me and my friends not to refuse you, that you speak and to draw near. And Lord, I pray that the voice that you've spoken from heaven before, it would shatter us, it would shape us, it would speak to our hearts, and we would want repentance and change. And Lord, I pray that we would receive your kingdom in our hearts, and we would choose to live and walk a kingdom lifestyle for the glory of God, and not for ourselves. Lord, I pray that today some people would just cry out to Jesus Christ and not leave here scared or condemned, but convinced that the reality is Christ is unshakable. Christ is security. Christ is strength. Christ is joy. Christ is refuge. I offer my heart to him, and I'll follow him. Cover us by your blood today, Lord Jesus. Sprinkle your blood on us and find us redeemed. I am redeemed in the blood of Christ. Can you say that today? If you're not, then today you can call upon Jesus. The Bible just reminds you and I, those that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's real simple. Turn from sin and call on Christ.